0: Hello and welcome once again to the How Long To Beat podcast. Uh, I am Rick and it feels like forever since I've sat down with Alex and Paula to talk about the games we've beaten, retired and been playing. It's been a hot minute, life has happened and we've had some pre-recorded episodes and spaced out bits in between so it might not feel like any time for you guys. Um, but you're going to tell because we probably aren't going to have any kind of topic or anything this week. We've got one prepared just in case but I honestly don't think we're going to have the time. We will, however... Of course, make time for everyone's favourite. The one, the only, the un There's a word I'm looking for, but it's gone. How, How long, long, to, to, beat long beat to beat the, the game? game? You son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be real. There was a combination of I couldn't find the word and I wanted someone to jump in early and it didn't quite uh, happen uh, for me.
1: No, we're ready now. We're training. <laughs> I about
0: to. Watching out for me, honestly. Yep, um, yep. You could say you have me peggled, Paula. Oh, you didn't. Like, come
2: on, dude. dude I mean, we that, that was weird. So then record it in a while care. and just start with that.
0: I, mm. There we go. It's,
1: it's like no time has passed at all. <laughs> yeah. Can you beat Peggle? Is Pe- Peggle's a beatable game? I didn't even. I don't, I don't really know. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it has like oh. an adventure mode. So. Oh. Um... Because we were like watching like some, I think it was Blinker like doing like a subathon or something like that in mm-hmm. Twitch, and he was playing Peggle. My boyfriend and I were like, hey, that game looks like fun. <laughs> that game is very addicting to watch it, and it's more addictive to play. So let's start with what the hell is Peggle? So, mm-hmm. Peggle is like those kind of like, I guess, freak slash dot breaking games where you, Fire like a ball, and it bounces around and breaks everything in its way. And the thing with peggle is that you fire your the, the little ball; it hits stuff, and once the ball like goes off the screen, the stuff disappears. So you have to take that into account. Plus, you have to break every single like red dot or red dot or brick that is on the screen, The there's like a special dots and bricks that are green that will give you like a special power depending on the level, and um, there's the um, purple bagel that will give you like uh, extra points and stuff like that. The blue ones don't really do much besides giving you points, but... Um, the whole objective objective of the game. Oh my god! I can English today. That <laughs> happens when we don't record in a while, dude. guys. Um, <laughs> and the objective of the game is to like break every single red peggle on on the screen before your before the balls run out or before you run out of balls and. It is a lot of fun. Like I didn't expect much from this game, but it is very addictive to play. We finish the game like in two seatings. Hmm. And it is like it's still like a four hour game, but still we finish a game in two seatings. That doesn't happen often. Peg- and yeah.
1: I was just gonna say Pego feels like one of those games that's been around since like the dawn of time. But like realizing it was like made in 2007, I'm like, I guess just because it's like brick breaking type of game. But I was like, man, this feels like one of those ones that I'm like, I just it. it it's such a classic, you know?
2: Yeah, it is. I've also like it is on Game Pass right now. If oh. anyone is interesting, interested in playing it, and the thing is, is that it has like the 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 different resolution of of the screen applied to the game Um, so it feels like an old game uh, in that regard like the resolution is garbage
0: it is an old game that's the thing i remember playing this on like an ipod touch third gen yeah which oh my god like 2010 because
1: i remember yeah this was very much a pc game when i like when i first played it at least that's what i remember
0: uh it was originally yeah yeah because just says it was you released know what? for Windows, but... but I remember it on
1: Windows XP. That's what I remember playing it on. But
0: nah. <laughs> Windows. Sorry, X I almost Google. interrupted
2: you there. Um, the thing with the with the with saying like, "Oh, this is an old game." It doesn't feel like an old game until you realize we're in two thousand twenty-two, and it has been a hot while since this game released.
3: Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. old
2: yet, and <laughs> so. You... Yeah, we actually kind of did uh, some kind of like race uh, with my boyfriend playing peggle. Like we have like two categories. Like okay, the one who racks up the most points and the one who finished the game first. So we were kind of like speedrunning against each other. He won by the grace of and Jesus because the last five levels are rubbish.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: (laughs) Like it is stupid how you have to. Pray to our Jesus for Him to smile at you, and have like a a peg of configuration that isn't like almost impossible to to like I guess finish like in a reasonable time because or even finish at all because there was like this one level where you have like these moving. A UFO like flying on the screen, and if the 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 ball enter like any of the portals on the screen, it will like um transport the the ball to where wherever the UFO it is at the time, and there was like this kind of barrier like that will keep you from like firing the ball like wherever it has like. I guess, like, the easier path to the pedal, mm. I guess. And sorry, it, it is turning to a rant, but that was so bullshit. Oh, and there was, like, this giant Jing and Yang, was it the Jing and Yang sign? I don't remember, but it was, <laughs> <No> like, <idea. laughs> a, like it, the, the, the ball will, like, bounce off of it, so... If you have like a pedal on on the right and it's somehow and the ball somehow ended up in the le- at the left side of the screen, well your fact that ball isn't gonna get anywhere close that pedal because there was a fucking ball uh, uh, yeah, just in the middle of the map, oh. and it was annoying, oh, and if the pebbles spawn like right um right under the ball. In the map there was like no possible way for you to hit it like directly and one thing that i was about to to do like su- 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 successfully was to have the pego like bounce off of the like moving hole i guess hmm. but if you out oh, and there was this moving hole. So if you fire the, the the ball and and you pretty much like score a point and and you get like an extra ball. Oh, but okay. it can yeah. Think of it like Pascal in the, in in that way. But instead of points you're getting more balls.
3: Mm.
2: And it sorry, this it's just a spiral thing to ranting about like stupid level because I was ahead until that level, and he won because RNG just <laughs> smiled at him. It was the second to last level, and I lost my lead because of it.
0: Can't believe you I made peggle. So yeah. The yeah, game is gross on peggle. The last few <laughs> levels are just a joke. Yeah. Uh, You're making me so think yeah. about peggle. Like, or
1: sorry, I was just gonna add like. PopCap Games, like, I was thinking about, like, because you had mentioned the iPod Touch and all this. And, like, thinking back on this, I'm like, man, PopCap basically dominated the early mobile scene. Like, they were the ones who, like, because, like, think of it, they're Bejeweled. Plants vs. Zombies and Peggle. Like, those are the iPad games,
0: oh, Yeah. Right?
1: Because they've, they've been, they've, they were bought by EA, right? So they're that's why it's on Game Pass, because it's with the EA thing. Um,
0: let's be real though any intellectuals were playing Bounce vs. Zombies on the Nintendo DS when it got it's like really relevant port two years later
1: see I was an iPad kid like that was the thing because I <laughs> won an iPad for something I don't know what it was like <clears throat> I got really lucky and like first time in my life won something the first gen iPad and I remember Plants vs. Zombies that was the freaking game on that thing good man. One. yeah Damn, good old PopCap I don't know they hit the like because how many how many companies can you think of who develop like these kind of casual puzzle games that are one extremely fun and then managed to make like multiple series of unique puzzle games that like you know crib off of some kind of older genre and then like blast off into the mainstream like it's fairly impressive i mean they haven't really those are the those are it they're not, they're not doing much else now yeah, they is... got put through the EA Grinded in them pretty sure they the did. EA will yeah cuz then they made the Garden Warfare and stuff which i hear is fine but like um, i feel like EA now just kind of like takes the old games that they did great, and it's just like re-puts them on things because they tried to like spin the IP into new shit and it didn't mm-hmm.
0: work. Yeah. Before we go on to talk about the Fire Emblem double yeah. header, I do want the audience to appreciate, and I'd I'd love to know in the comments if you could tell which bit this bit happened. There was a portion of that part where Paola was very gently, patiently, but clearly quite frustrated, following her cat around, picking up the cable <laughs> that the cat had dismantled. I just carried on talking about Peggle like a champ, um, and I, I don't I want to my mic, so. <laughs> so I didn't laugh
1: too
3: much. <laughs> yeah, same.
1: <laughs> She's just oh. off-screen ranting about this stupid level,
0: <laughs> and you, you, can picture just like looking at the cat like, "No, Cooper, stop it, stop it, let me have it back." I mean,
1: Fire Reaver. Emblem, keep it going. Yeah, Fire Emblem, let's hear oh. it. <laughs>
2: Uh, So that was the thing you guys were laughing at. Yes,
1: that was exactly what we were laughing at.
2: <laughs> oh my god! Um, <sighs> so remember how I was playing Fireman Face Street right? Well, I finished mm-hmm. that and Conquest uh, Dude, during god. these still hiatus. So
0: A classic Paula finger slip.
2: <laughs> classic Paula Fingerslip. I don't know if I'll play Revelations quite yet because. Each game took me about 17 hours to beat, so... I don't know if I have patience for another one, like, so soon. Mm.
0: Yeah, that makes sense.
2: But first, so Fire Emblem Fates, Burbite, and Conquest, like, mechanically are, like, very similar, but the way the developers, like, build the maps and build the levels is quite different, because... Birthright is supposed to be, like, a more approachable experience to the Emblem games. And it has, like, quite a lot... You can grind between levels to the point that it makes the game, like, a little bit easier if you're having a, a hard time. Hmm. Fire Emblem Fight Conquest, no, that is not going to happen. Because there's no option to grind between levels, like, at all. Hmm. So you have to... Survive with whatever experience like the main story gives you unless you want to shell out uh, some money in the um d l c maps, which no thanks, but still like the game has like some very uh conquest story has some very smartly designed maps in the sense of the they have for example, a map with a lot of jars that if you break the jar, it will have like one of three effects. And there's like jars with like a healing potion. So if you break the jar, it will heal you and everything that is like around it. That includes enemies as well. And if you break the, the jar with some kind of, I don't know, something that... um nerf your your stats it will nerf like the enemy stats as well but the enemies can take advantage of that and break the yours too and uh, have your army end up in a, in a sorry state so you have to be careful on how you procedure your units and that is just one example of how they they really knock it out of the park with conquest map design-wise, and I feel like the story in Conquest is a little bit better too, uh, compared to v Right and compared to Revelations because I'll get to it once I play Revelations, but Revelations is kind of like a hot mess in a way. I fucking
1: love Revelations, but you're right. It's a hot mess, but I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Conquest yeah, probably is the I most
3: still,
2: solid. Yeah, it, it is the most solid of the three. It is also the the hardest of the three. Yeah. And if you're not prepared, it will absolutely kick your ass. So.
1: Because if, yeah. if I'm wrong, but like, isn't it sort of like because like conquest, you're kind of playing as like the antagonist, antagonistic side of things, you know, right? Like that's the one where like the purple and black folks, right? Like their costume. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because I remember they're the ones who like really when you're playing birthright you're playing as kind of the classic good guys right which like makes it a little easier because like you're kind of meant to succeed and conquest is more of this like um they've got an edge to them put it that way and like a lot of the battles you're yeah. just like outnumbered and like you're really not supposed to be able and not i mean obviously you're supposed to be able to win but like realistically they're more difficult and uh, so like the concept was pretty cool but yeah i know some people weren't happy to buy a bunch of different games <laughs>
2: Yeah, like the 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 concept of, especially like the concept of conquest of um having like this more antagonistic side uh, in the side of things was very interesting. There were a couple of moments where I was like genuinely like very invested in the story. There were like a couple of moments where I was like, hey, you didn't commit to this. You could have committed to this mm. like plot point and really have something right. Um but what it what it is, it is a very solid experience. Bit Right on the other hand, it I guess it is more vanilla in a way because as yeah. you said, it is good guys saving the world and stuff like that. Um Yeah. You could say the you could say the game is kind of a very black and white approach to it. Okay, I'll see myself. Sorry.
1: <laughs> but I mean, legit though, like, it, and I think that's probably where people critiqued it is that it is very just like, you kind of played that Fire Emblem game before, I think is probably like some of the critiques of it where it's like, this is very similar to others. Um, but then also like, because I get that they were trying to do it as like a, oh you know start with this one and it'll get you into it but i i can also see how that reasoning is flawed because like as somebody who was picking up i didn't know i just bought birthright because it looked good i didn't do you know what i mean i didn't know that that was like the one you're supposed to start with i just got lucky so i'm like i don't know how somebody who doesn't know the fire emblem series is supposed to know that birthright is the one that you should start with when playing the fates games
2: yeah yeah, I imagine if your first Fire Emblem game is Conquest, you're not going to have a good time because mm-hmm. even like even at a lower difficulty that is normal casual, it can still be like such a pain in the ass to beat uh, at times and you have to like really be crafty about how you are going to get through this because not only you have like, like experience in the sense of you don't have as many Battles between the the main story. You don't have any battles between the main story. You also don't have a lot of gold to begin with, and yeah. I don't, I know the weapons don't break in this game, but buying the tonics to to have like your units have uh, more points in a certain stat like during one battle mm. really makes even the 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 one unit that maybe didn't get as big of, of growth like the other units like very usable without that sorry but sorry honey you're gonna get benched that's what I say to to the unit that has like poor growth like sorry yeah. you're gonna die out there go go uh, go go play go go train go go do something else don't don't go into this battle. Um so yeah, um still even though I've oh and there's one thing that I think is more than more of a flaw than a good point, is that you have access to these dragon bands that are supposed to like change the map in a specific way depending on the map. And it is a very good idea, like to have you interact the map and change the environment to your advantage or disadvantage, depending of what you do. But the thing is, sometimes you kind of need to to use the dragon brains. Like if you don't, you're, you're toast. <laughs> so sometimes, sometimes it is done in a better way where you can or cannot. you 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 can choose to do it or not or if you choose to or or like the real thing is like you choose when to do it and if you do it like at the right time then you get rewarded sometimes you have to do it to a point that is not even funny so um i guess if they do go i don't know about um what's the name i forgot uh three houses Mm. or if they want to do something with it, like, in future Fire Emblem games, but it has a lot of potential. And what they did here is more like a one in the Wrath because it has, like, its good points, but it has also its bad points where you have to, like, sometimes, like, lose a turn trying to set up everything. Mm. Uh, mm. So, yeah, that's Fire Emblem Fates, Bird Ride, and Conquest. I feel like they did um, learn good
1: lessons from it, though, right? Like, they, they did that first when they are like, we're going to make three and we'll separate them and then they're like for their next game they're like you know what never mind here just buy one game and you'll have all three stories in it at once <laughs> right and i'm like oh crazy.
2: yes please so uh, thank you very much oh I, contrast, I don't
0: triangle what weapon triangle
1: oh. no by weapon triangle. i forgot about that i gotta say though like playing three houses it was time to get rid of the weapon triangle like as much as i love the weapon triangle it didn't make a lot of sense anymore you know um Especially in a world with mages.
0: <laughs> I was like, I'm just memeing like I'm so not into the Fire Emblem franchise. That's right. fair, yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh speaking of mages, like I'm so glad that they at the very least they are aren't like in a weapon triangle anymore because they they were like in some sort of weapon triangle for fates. Yes. And they they are still broken if you give them Nosprato, that is like the spell that drains the enemy's health yeah but still like they're they're so squishy like they don't need that no weapon triangle Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. you you look at them funny and they explode
1: yeah all right well who's up next someone well if if they exploded at
0: home (laughs) they might leave behind a house of ashes
1: (laughs) oh my god Alright, so actually I'm going to save that one because it's technically third in this anthology but I will talk about it. So I've been playing the Dark Pictures uh, anthology. Um, I love
0: how much context is needed for that terrible joke. (laughs) Well, so
1: (laughs) I, for those who don't really know, is it Supermassive Games. Um, They're the ones behind Until Dawn and they've created the, actually they've got the game The Quarry coming out um, in uh, June, which I'm very excited about. And The thing with Supermassive Games, like, what they're doing is they're they're creating these cinematic games that they're very much, like, they are, I would, I, I, okay, I would say that Until Dawn, it's like playing a TV show, right? And The Quarry is like playing a TV show, like a season of a TV show. The Anthology is more like playing actually more like a film because they're really like maybe a little longer, like a two-parter, um, because they're about like five hours or so to beat the anthology games. Hmm. They released Man of Madon first, which is sort of disappointing because I think that's actually the weakest one. Um, and I'd actually have to say that Playing Little Hope and House of Ashes, they're very good. Um, and their stories are very compelling. Uh, and quite different. Like the, each story is quite different. They're all connected in like, they're in like a loose universe kind of idea, but they don't, they don't make a big hubbub of trying to say that like, Oh, it's all connected. It's really connected through this person called the curator, who is this guy who's basically, it seems like he's probably death. Um, and he like has all these stories that he's, and he's basically telling them to you, right. Or you're choosing the way that the stories unfold. Right. Um, So you have these little cutscenes with him where he sometimes will give you hints or like kind of say what's happening. And um, the animation is quite remarkable. Um, It's better at times than others. Sometimes it's a little uncanny valley um, because you quickly realize like, wow, there are so many little tiny minuscule movements that the human face makes that when a digital face looks very real, becomes painfully obvious that they can't do that, you know? Um, like, just go look in your mirror and talk. Like, literally, just talk in a mirror for, like, a minute. And look at how many things in your face move. Because, realistically, their, and their animation is, I would say, it's probably the best in the biz right now, honestly, um, in terms of what it looks like. Because you're when you're playing the game, especially on the Series X, this shit looks like a CG movie, basically. Um, it and these the actors that they have m- many of them they'll they'll pull for most of these like at least a like w- at least one like big name for each of these anthology ones I and mean, they use them
0: very heavily in the marketing like will Poulter, I remember was little hope i think
1: yep and ashley tisdale is house of ashes um and a big
0: name mm-hmm. i for a certain yeah, generation, yeah, I'd okay. yeah, okay.
1: <laughs> You know, yeah, I'd say for those who watch, like anyone who I think about Disney, they're like, yes, she's a big name. <laughs> but anyway, um, not as big as Will Polter. but and they bo- their performances are wonderful. Um, but again, it's it's incredible what they can do with this uh, with this technology. Now, as games, <laughs> hmm. listen, I really enjoy them because I think it's really fascinating, and I love the choose your own adventure style thing, and their horror. And there's just not enough fun, good horror out there, um, as far as I'm concerned. So I, I'm really down. I bought them on sale, because I'm just going to be real here. I'm <laughs> not paying full price for these, because I know I go through them once, and I'm like, okay, done. Um, but essentially, the way it works is that you're kind of choosing dialogue, um, and you get to play as multiple different characters, and you're kind of forming their personalities Um, There are these sort of gameplay moments where you're kind of walking around. It is fully QTE. Like that is how these work. It is just, it is quick time events through and through. Um, And Little Hope, there's actually a really bad one that you have to keep playing, which is like this heartbeat game, which I didn't realize at first. Uh, Like I kept messing up because I would just see this thing come up and I'd hit A because I thought, oh, it's like a, Quick time thing, and I'm like, oh shit, no, I'm supposed to wait for the stupid heartbeat to come, so by the time I got good at the heartbeat thing was when I started playing House of Ashes, and I was like, oh, now I'm good at this, um, so if you don't like QuickTime events, I mean, you're in for a rough time, now they do have accessibility options that allow you to change, you can't get rid of them, I don't think, because, I mean, what the fuck would you even be doing if you got rid of them, um, but you can change the way that they work, because there's mashing ones that you can change to just holding if you have difficulty with mashing and stuff, um, which is, I think, nice. Um, and look, I don't like quick time events, but also I don't mind them so much in here. Um, because some of them are also like aiming and like hitting something when you're like attacking things and stuff. And like, because of the conceit of what this kind of game is, I'm fine with it. Um, I hope that someday they can kind of, you know, keep, and I feel like they're trying different things with each one as they go through, but just know that that's what it is now, little hope. And I won't, I'm not going to, Go into spoiler territory here because I think people should experience these and play them. But the conceit of Little Hope is that you're um you kind of you you're on this bus, the bus crashes, and you're in this town, and um there's like all this like kind of fog all around. It seems like you can't get out, and you're with this group of um students. So like you're you're you play as a college professor and his students, and so you're playing as them. And there's this connection to 1600s, like, witch trials going on. Um, And so there are these, like, and I got to say, they did a killer job with the accents in this game. Like, the accented English of the, like, um, of the kind of New um, England-esque 1600s characters is really compelling and quite convincing. Far more than, like, any thing I've seen, like the closest comparison would be the witch actually the film by Robert Eggers. Um, I would say that like, it's on par with that shit. Like it was really, really good stuff and very cool. And basically you're going to see how these things interact without, and I got to say, it's a pretty darn compelling game. And this is one of those games. And and I actually think I I have to say this too, with these games, there's a, there's a real compulsion. And I fell into this quite a bit with house of ashes, where you want to just kind of get the best ending, but I would actually say that the way they structured these games, all the endings are quite satisfying. So like I did not get the best ending whatsoever in Little Hope, but the ending I got felt very true to my playthrough. And ultimately I realized I was like, you know what? It didn't actually matter that much um, because the final ending, it's not like it's not important. It's just that um, you do feel as though your choices mattered within this and that maybe you could have done a little bit better, but that you did what you could. Um, as you went through and so I actually really appreciated that and I think Little Hope is my favorite of them all um so far because it's very um it's just compelling with good performances and it's just a really unique kind of interesting storytelling it reminds me of actually Fear Street a little bit too there's been this exploration of um you know witchcraft um I don't know if if you've seen the Netflix Fear Street series they did like a three-parter that uh yeah, based on R.L. Stein's Fear Street books, which had no right to be nearly as good as it is. And it is a fantastic uh, series of films. So anyway, that's, that's Little Hope. Um, really good, compelling. Uh, House of Ashes is very fascinating because it's set during the Iraq War. And so you're in, you're like searching for these like weapons of mass destruction, basically, right? Um, so you're like this guy who's done this like satellite imaging and he's like found this big underground um, like cavern. And he's like, I believe this is where it is. And so you go through with this, with this team And, uh, ain't no weapons of mass destruction. I'll tell you that much. (laughs) It is something far worse, um, for them at least. So, uh, super, oh God, this shit is, this is, it pains me because I want to talk so bad about the story in this game because it goes to just awesome places and is like, so up my alley. And I was like, this, this is dope. Um, the only complaint I have, and it's, it's nice. So like they do a really good thing. Where they actually have, you know, the Iraqi soldiers speaking in Arabic, which I just really appreciate that they, like, actually let the characters speak in their language instead of doing that, like, oh, no, we speak English, but actually it's, you know, like, that shit. I hate that. So it adds that realism to it. And now he knows how to speak English when he interacts with, like, one of the characters because he becomes someone, like, on with your party. And the only thing I wish they'd done a little bit more... um, and they do it a bit, which is nice. And there is conflict. There's real conflict that can come about because they're, they basically, these American soldiers get into a firefight with, um, with Iraqi soldiers. And it's supposed to be, it's kind of set after that time when Bush did his like mission accomplished thing. Right. Where he's like, we did it. Um, and so like technically the war is over, but not really. Right. Um, and so this is kind of when the insurrection would start. And, um, what I, I wish there were more Iraqi characters within it. Um, Because the one character you get is great, Salim, and it's very compelling and interesting. But I feel like they missed an opportunity for more interesting conflict because, you know, they're in this underground cave and it's like, man, if you had a chance to like really have more characters in here and like real intense conflict between them, because there are a couple more soldiers, but they basically just serve the purpose of antagonists because you don't get to ever play as them. You get to play as one of them, right? Um and so that that was my only complaint where I was like, I really think this would be better if you had a few more people within there and really exploited that conflict of like when, you know, because we often see that, you know, narrative of like when humanity is faced with a struggle, we band together, right? Um, but then my question is like, okay, like is that always the case? Like, how much more can you push through? These are soldiers, they're on a mission, right? So it's like I I anyway, I would have loved to see a little more, but what they did I think is quite admirable. And I got to say too bold to tackle this time frame and to do this like story here, you know, and like to do it, I think pretty damn well, you know, like playing. I don't got a lot of complaints. Like I'm probably not as sensitive to this time frame or this area as well. So like, I don't know, you know, I'm Canadian, not involved in that particular conflict. So I don't know, maybe there's others who could comment on it more, but like, yeah. And also need to play a game where like, uh, you know, you actually humanize the other side, right? Like both sides are quite humanized within this. And so I think that was like uh, really cool and, and 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 neat. So I do very much recommend these. There is another one, I think the devil in me coming out um, later this year, along with the quarry supermassive games right now is doing fine. They have like nine anthology games announced, I think. Um, Cause like they, there was He's a plan nine. of like eight. There was a, yeah. So the plan is like the first season is four. So that season's almost done. And then, there was, like, uh, I think a news report recently came out. There was like, yeah, there's eight, but there's actually significantly more that are being planned because I think they've been doing very well, actually. And they've, they've managed to hit a, a role now where it's, like, affordable for them and it's working good.
0: Uh, well, I was going to say, because I remember when they announced the first one, they were like, we've got five or six planned. And I remember reading that and thinking, hmm, ambitious. Let's see, you know, like, that whole dodgeball thing, that's like bold strategy, cotton. Let's see how it plays out for them. And, you know, fair play if four, four's coming and they are really sticking to their guns with that.
1: It turns out Um, it's doing fine for them because then they've got this other thing like the quarry coming, right? Which like, it looks like... they've
0: clearly got this stack development thing. And you do see a few studios manage to do that. I remember um, when the the Circular Games were coming out um, from Mike Biffle's studio, he was saying like, it doesn't take significantly much man hour or time and you can do it in a way that's profitable. And obviously a completely different scale. But it's that same thing. If you've got this big tentpole game that you're working on, Mm-hmm. And the other little thing is like keeping your name out there and doing enough to, to justify itself and pay for itself. Everyone's a winner. And I think it's working because they have two of them coming out this year, right? Like well, they wouldn't keep fucking making them if it didn't like. Exactly. obviously.
1: And putting it at a, a lower price range, I think is helping them quite a sure. bit because I think people are a little more like, yeah, I'm willing to try that out. And then you get a game like the quarry. So like they're showing that like, hey, look, see this bigger one. You should pay more for it. And I'm ready. I'm like, yeah, sure, we'll do. Because they had that goodwill mm-hmm. of Until Dawn. Um, and so I, yeah, I think there, it's just really interesting and it, it's just such a unique thing, right? Because it's like the concept of FMV, right? Where you're like, you're playing a, vi- a movie and getting to choose things. But the reality is that you get to control your character at times as well. So you're like, no, this is actually a video game trying this out with this really intense motion capture technology. Um, and benefits from the fact that it's really good performances, right? Like, that I think is what nails it and clinches it. Is that it's like the, I'll talk about bad performances later when we talk about playing, but um, <laughs> there's, Ooh. there's one game I'm playing where I am and the voice work is fucking rough, but <laughs> anyway, we'll, we'll get there later. I still love the game, but we'll get there. So, anyway, that's that's have, have I have either of you played any of Supermass's games? I don't think they'd be on the reality, right?
0: I, yeah, not really. I mean, I'll be honest, the. The settings of both Little Hope and House of Ashes had kind of jumped out of me. Man yeah. of Madonna so i like, oh, I don't give a fuck. But like yeah. those two, I am kind of curious. I would probably turn all the accessibility on. Like for me, it's essentially just an interactive story. Yeah. Um, the, the the whole QT side of it, choose your own adventure, I think, is absolutely the right take for it. And I I almost wish that in situations like that, companies would be bold enough to lean into it. Like, you don't need a QT. You absolutely don't. Like the choice itself is yeah enough activity as far as i'm concerned um so they're, they're the kind of games i might check out eventually but it, it's just so low on the priority yeah. list that's always the rub and i'm also the minding that those kinds of games because they're not ps4 exclusive are they well no you play oh, on, on, on series x i i Until imagine I the was. kind of thing on pc they absolutely get given away on egs eventually yeah it, it, it's absolutely that kind of game and by then they'll have been profitable and then, you know, I'll, I'll jump in and freeload. So happy yeah, days.
1: Exactly. And I mean, because for me, like my whole idea was like, I wait for a sale. I'll probably buy the quarry like full price because I, th- it's kind of interesting game stuff that like I want to support. Like I'm like, this is an interesting mm-hmm. um, melding of mediums that I'm like, I'd like to see them keep trying and developing and getting it because like the quarry is starting to look wildly good. There are, and like I said, there are moments in these games where the facial animation is so superb that you're like, bruh, whoa. And it actually works best for some of the characters who like, there's one character in House of Ashes who often had sunglasses on and it looked really good when he did that because it's sometimes, it's just the eyes. Do you know what I mean? Like they're so alive, 18, but they're 20. so dead.
0: Yeah, the little bits really throw it off.
1: <laughs> yeah. like um, People obviously, you know, you can't see what I'm doing, but like a lot of it is just this kind of like, they'll like move their head slightly like and like their shoulders kind of go up and you know like they're doing these little things to make them feel alive but just don't really <laughs> mm-hmm. um anyway that's those games uh i'm not gonna talk about this a lot i beat pick s6 i got i got into the pick thing again fuck i just wanted Pitcross, and so i played it and beat it and that was that was it um simple stuff uh box boy and box girl i beat the main oh, campaign oh. Great stuff I mean there's more
0: campaigns
1: um someday I might go and do the co-op one and then there's the tall one which I haven't even touched yet um
0: I mean, I'd say skip the co-op for now the tall one is absolutely worth playing because it, it's the shortest yeah. of the three and it's also like a oh, significant really? jumping challenge yeah, 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 yeah it's like 10 worlds I think compared to the 15 mm. of the other two um I, I it's well worth playing while you're sort of on that role because it really does build and it makes you think about those same mechanics in different ways because you're playing mm. as a two by one not a one by one um mm. and there's one other thing it changes where you can like change yourself between vertical and horizontal and that plays into the puzzles i would say well worth playing like back-to-back co-op it does enough different and it does enough onboarding just because it is mm. um co-op that i think you can absolutely jump back into that later but i think you benefit from mm. doing the other two together
1: yeah i might I, I it's, yeah it's one of those things where like i don't know puzzle games for me like I feel like I, I I beat it at the right time because like I
0: usually just don't even
1: beat them. But I was like, that was fun. I'm
0: good. You and know? I'm normally the same, but BoxBoy Boy is like the beautiful exception that proves that ruling yeah. that it's phenomenal and you should just keep playing it.
1: <laughs> well, we'll see what we'll see what happens. I have so many games <laughs> vying for my time.
0: Odd <laughs> mood. Yep. Which, speaking of, and I, 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 instead you're profoundly wasting said time.
1: Yeah. Well, I'll touch on actually. Why don't I hit on that right now? Um, not a game, uh, but <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, these are books uh game journals which ah. i really wanted to talk about because they um uh, there was like indiegogo or whatever to do a printing run of these um they're okay so the best way i can explain this it's large format they're like magazines but they're quite thick about 170 80ish pages each one beautiful absolutely gorgeous because they they hire multiple graphic designers um each one is done through like if you're in so paul By the way, these would be something that I think you 100% should read because if you're doing any kind of game development, this to me is like necessary reading because a lot of this is um, developer interviews, some retrospectives and like, you know, um, interesting essays on on thoughts and and ideas within games, Um, but it really tackles a lot of these kind of indie darlings. And so the first one I think was being kind of compiled and created in 2017. And then the second one was done through 2020. Uh, I don't know if there'll be a third one. These are kind of like a pretty intense undertaking. Um, because again, like the amount of stories that get within this is all over the place. Um, but really, really just beautiful. Like at one point there's a Shovel Knight, like in the middle of the first one, there's a lithograph, Like, a, or, well, actually they have a lithograph of Bit Trip Runner. Um, but then there's also this tiny little um, like journal that they stick into. And it's like, it's actually like a part of it, but like you flip through it of like the experience of making Shovel Knight. Um, and it was actually kind of so they they got a couple people who there's a little bit of crossover with Boss Fight books. Um, not in any of the stories, so like they're all unique to it, but some of the writers from Boss Fight books they kind of got to take some of the stuff that they didn't get to, you know, use within those books to kind of put in here. And so one of them was an interview with the Katamari um Damasi creator. Um, and so they had a good interview kind of on his career as a whole, which was really fascinating because it's talking about his like love of um physical games, right? So, like, he loves to create, like, the hardware as well. And, like, he had this thing where he made, like, there's this alphabet game which had all, like, these buttons of the alphabet on there. And, like, he had one game with, like, 27 buttons or something that you'd play with someone. And, like, it's just really, really neat. And, like, he designed a playground for a place in, uh, in, in England, I think, actually. Like, they wanted to design one. And he designed this wild thing. And they were like, okay, so some of the things you designed would cost like a million dollars just to make one. <laughs> and so he was like, okay, I guess it won't work. But he just loved getting to do that because, and like, oh my God, like the designs he created, it like combined, you know, it, it places for children, dogs and, and adults to play all at once. You know, like that's the kind of thing he does. Like he wants it to be all this, like, like moving together. And he's just so fascinated by the concept of play itself and like the joy in that. Um, and so it was really fun to read. And they have a really wonderful retrospective on HAL Laboratory um, and their entire um, kind of history, which what a powerhouse freaking company right there, right? Iwata, Sakurai, Itoy like, holy shite, you know, you got Kurt, right? And then like the fact that Iwata became the CEO of Nintendo is still incredible, right? Because it was, it had been in the family since the 1800s, right? And then he becomes the first one to take it over who wasn't. And like, I think... I don't know. Just anyway, learning about like his stuff and like, we, we all, you know, heard the stories about like he, he managed to like, you know, fit the entirety of Pokemon Reds, you know, um, map within, um, the second gen Pokemon just cause he could, cause like he's a, his programming, um, abilities were so incredible. Um, and so anyway, and then learning about Kirby and all that. So if you haven't heard of these before, I really recommend that you check them out. Fan gamer still sells them. Um, so it was an anti-gogo, but now I think there's kind of leftover stock. So if you go to Fangamer, um, you can still get uh, physical copies of these. I don't know if there's digital. There might be. It would be much cheaper. But I have to really say, if you've got the money, really worth having the physical copies of these. Because they are just so good. And like I said, I went through all of them, read them, and it's just really, really fun. And... Really beautiful, and just some of the stories in there that the games haven't come out yet. So it's really fun. Actually, I was like reading about these developer diaries of these games that I'm like, I want this game. When is, is this game out now? I'm like, oh, I'm ready. um So it's worth
0: saying as well. You will need a time machine to get there before I buy all their stock pre this recording coming out. <laughs> oh my god, they're beautiful. They are like just Aren't little they? coffee table books almost. They are. Yeah, like the, the paper yeah. stock looks lovely. Oh,
1: i it is lovely. Like these are one of those like physical. Like you hold them and you're like, mmm, so good. Um, i think they might be based in the uk too actually rick so it'll be easy for you to get
0: <laughs> god knows that'll help with shipping yeah
1: yeah the original <laughs> ones were at the very least i know fangamer has them there might be other places that they have them but because i think when i bought them it was like it was fairly expensive for me but i didn't give a shit i wanted them um, and they have a beautiful beautiful section on hollow knight that was really neat the Learning price is a
0: gbp them. so yeah absolutely does look yeah. like it's probably yeah. going to be, mm-hmm. yes. Paolo might be a little, prof- <laughs> we'll see.
2: <laughs> yeah, but I'm, I'm looking at it and I'm like, oh no, I'm going to have to use a, uh, uh, what's its name, a box because I don't think they have yeah. shipping to my country. Yeah.
0: Profound order box.
1: Yeah. But anyway, like I said, so people, because I know those listening, we got a lot of folks who are kind of of the collector mindset and these are definitely the hobbyist type things. Um, and so I really, really do recommend uh, checking it out and I think people will enjoy it. Um, Last thing I'll talk about. I know. Yeah, we're definitely not getting to a topic today. So (laughs) we got to catch up, right, folks? Uh, Yeah, I beat Tunic. Um, So I really, really loved it. I really did. I also think Abitaj and I have talked a little bit about this, and I think he's very accurate in his uh, assessment of some of this. And I do have some complaints within it. And so it mostly stems from the fact that the game could really use with more options, particularly within its accessibility uh, areas, because really all it has is like hard as balls, god mode. Like that's it, right? You do you can either make it so it's tough or you can turn off damage completely or turn off your stamina completely, which is like not really what you need. And, and so I've been thinking about this a little bit because I've been trying to think to myself, like why is this feeling less satisfying than something like Dark Souls, say? Um, where in Dark Souls and Elden Ring, we know they're very difficult and we know that we have boss fights that are extremely hard and that you have to learn them and you kind of drop things. But in a game like Dark Souls and Elden Ring, all your progress is tied to your souls, right? Everything you buy, everything, every level up you do, it's all within that same currency system. So when you die and lose all of it, there's this big risk reward. And so a lot of what you're doing is like, okay. Um, exploration is in order to make me stronger so that I can then go beat this boss. The problem with tunic is that that's not how it works, right? So money that you gain, um, you can't spend it to level yourself up unless you find things. So you have to do this exploration to get items that will allow you to increase your abilities, right? Your attack, defense, magic, um, stamina, all these different items, um, So the problem here is that you will hit a point where you just simply, there is no reason to level yourself up. And if you were to, you also, if you're going to go explore, it's not very organic in a lot of ways because you're going to have to traverse all these areas and then you're not really sure like, okay, well have I been there before? Whereas if you play a Dark Souls game, you could be like, well, it doesn't matter if I've been there before. I know there's some strong enemies here. I can go fight them. I can get a little bit of, uh, I can get more of the currency that I need and then I can level myself up some more and I can go back to that boss. But in this one, it's like, well, there's no point for me to go somewhere because ultimately the enemies aren't going to drop a lot of money. Realistically, I don't have any more of the things that I need to level myself up. So what would be the point anyway of doing that? Um, And so then you're really just stuck with a few bosses that are really tough and that you don't actually feel like there's like a lot of an incentive to necessarily fight them legitimately, you know, like you're like, well, what's the point? Like, really, I just need that item that that guy's got so I can continue to move on. Um, So there's kind of a disconnect within the systems here, you know, where I feel like it actually would have really, really benefited from, um, not necessarily a difficulty mode, but just some other kind of level, like something like reducing the amount of damage you can take instead of just like, here you go, no damage whatsoever is going, it goes to you now, you know, especially whereas where their systems aren't really rewarding you fighting a lot. It rewards you to explore, but again, it's easy to get lost. And that's a big difficulty within this game, is that if you lose track of where you're supposed to be going, you can feel like you're wasting a lot of time. Um, particularly because traversal is not that fast. You're a little slow uh, at times.
0: I remember when I played the demo, it did feel a little bit treacly.
1: Yeah. So and like, again, all of this is to say though, that like, I do still really think this is an incredible game. Um, But I also think it's a testament to why games should be developed by more than one person. Um, Because there's just things that, And like we sometimes we laud the idea of the one person team and I get it. Like the idea of the singular genius is such a huge thing within our cultures. But I think that there is something to be said for a team who can kind of maybe see through some of these issues and maybe add some of these other accessibility things that maybe, you know, the singular creator is more focused on the vision of their game than they are on the way that all people are going to experience it.
0: Um, Now, Tunic not a team effort? Have I missed no, something? I was hit, it's, like an it's a singular thing. effort. Yeah. Um, as if. Christ, I know I mean, that, that's impressive on one yeah, side. Like, I genuinely is. thought I was like a 10 man team or something like that. Mm-mm.
1: I think okay. there was others who came sorry. in to help maybe with some porting things or something, but it's a singular endeavor. Um, as you were. sorry. Yeah. And I know it's always one of those things. So you hear and you're like, Oh, one person that's incredible. And then you're like, yeah, but it doesn't have to be, does it? <laughs> you, know? Like, you know what I mean? It's one of those things. But anyway, um, I still think the manual stuff, so I completed the game with technically what it's called like its real ending, um which is um uh you get all of the manual pages, which was super good. I still love the manual pages um it probably would have benefited from telling you that you really should read these, and i don't i don't know I don't know if I understand why it's in a different language, why it's in this runic language I'm not. I'm not really sure I get that. Um, I think part of it might be because they didn't want to have to create, like, they want you to be able to just focus on what's actually important um, and like puzzle your way through some of it. But when there's English in there already, it's a little, yeah, you're kind of like, is this more obtuse than it has to be? You know, it's like that kind of thing. But there are some really clever puzzles that happen within it. So if you're someone who's going to be playing Tunic, I cannot stress enough that you fucking have to read that manual like you have to fucking read that manual and you have to pour over every single page that you receive don't grab a page flip once twice and drop it I did that a few times it bit me in the ass you got to look at that page and you got to say what the hell's on this page go to the next one and go what the hell's on this page does it relate to any of the other pages of my thing what should, are there any notes I should take down got it um so anyway I think this is a game that if you, if you grew up if you actually remember when the first Zelda came out uh you're probably going to fucking love this game (laughs) because I think that it's kind of designed for those who maybe know some of that. Um, or, or even if you just played it a lot and you kind of know some of how that works. So anyway, I I feel like I was a little harsher on it than I want to be, but like, I, I do see how a lot of people get burnt on it a little bit because it's like one of those games that has such a really strong start. But then as you start to get towards the point where you're like, okay, but now actually, I've done all this exploring and really there's only one more thing I have to do. You know, like when you get down to the wire and you have to beat it, it starts to get a little tedious because you're like, okay, well, I have to do this specific thing. But when you first start the game, the whole world's your oyster and you're just exploring and having fun and you're learning all the systems. But then when you realize there's only one or so systems that you're missing and you can't progress, it starts starts to eat away at you a little bit. I don't know, Paolo, what are you experiencing? Because you've been playing this one too, haven't you?
2: Yeah, I'm playing this one. And I'm not yet at the point where I feel like I'm missing something to beat the game or like to to progress through the story. Hmm. Um so for me it's still a lot of fun. Hmm. But I can see how yeah, you have to read the manual. Like it is not (laughs) even it is not even an option. It's like you have to read the manual, so it's kind of weird that it is like an un- unreadable language, uh, <sighs> except like the parts you really need to get.
0: Yeah. Anyway, well, the, I the, give it, the uh, devil's yeah. advocate thing—I have seen some people sort of posit that it's supposed to harken back to a time when people might import games from overseas and not understand the manual, and the manual is such an integral part of it. And I don't know—I've not played the game really, so I—I I, I think
1: that you're probably on there. I also think part of it is maybe just so that like, I think another big element actually is more just like, so that you only focus on what actually is important for you. um, Mm. Instead of going through all Mm. that. But yeah, I I, I agree. Um, I do think part of it is that sort of element, but then it also kind of falls on its face a little bit when the fact that you have to collect the pieces as you're going along, Um, you know? So anyway, it's a really good game. And if you have game pass, there's absolutely nothing stopping you from at least trying it out, you know, but I have a strong feeling this is going to be one of those games that has a high retirement. Um, because I think the mm. skin, skill ceiling is going to turn people off. Um, which that's, that's fine, but get there over there. Um, anyway, uh, that's it, Rick, why don't you tell us what have you beaten?
0: Absolutely. So, uh, five completions for me since we last spoke. The first of which is one that would be familiar to Paola. It is a little puzzler by the game by the name of Helltaker. Now, before I go on to that, I do need to address the fact that during you both talking, I realised that this is the 69th episode, and I failed to make a joke about this being the sex number episode. Uh, you deserve better. I'm capable of better. I will be better. Now, with that out of the way, Helltaker is actually quite appropriate because it's pretty smutty. Um the, the idea behind it is you want a harem and you go to hell to recruit all the, all the hell ladies to be uh, part of your harem. The puzzles are pretty cool. pains me to say that there is like a game-breaking bug in the Vita port, or there was a, at the time of recording. Uh, so I had to replay the whole thing on PC. But the game itself is great. It's a fun little experience. It does quite a lot with a very limited runtime and sort of set of moves and mechanics lot of chance to it. I can't quite believe it was being given away for free, but I do like the um, the model. It's similar to what Doki Doki did, which is the game itself is free. If you want to buy the fan pack and support it, like that's readily available on Steam or your platform of choice. And I think that's a really cool way of doing it. they do also just give you the art book if you finish the game. It's like, oh, ah, yeah, here, here's the code, here's the itch.io page. Enjoy, and it's not a big art book, but it's a nice touch. I like that. Um, can't. Recommend it highly enough at the price. It's very, very quick. you finish it in like 15, 20 minutes. Go get her. Um, second game I played, little Game Pass game, Rain on Your Parade. I had a great time with this one. It's, it's wonderful. It starts with a joke that I think was too American for my British brain to understand. Uh, it talks about your cloud going on an adventure to find cloud heaven, the place where all the clouds can act without impunity and live freely and happily together. Seattle. <laughs> I doesn't mean anything to me, but you know, it's maybe just that's rainy something.
1: as shit in Seattle. It should mean something, ah, music, actually, no. if they could have said they'd gone to London, and it would have been made, made, meant the if same they'd thing. If they said
0: Newcastle or Manchester, I would have, I would have probably whore, chortled. Yeah, yeah, but uh, Seattle's yeah, I mean, very I, mean, rainy. <laughs> I couldn't relate, but I kind of got the joke. The, the charm in this game is just unreal. I, as a game, like mechanically, it's pretty thin, but. <laughs> it's it, it's a humor game but a humor game that actually operates like don't imagine a goat simulator type thing because this is really actually quite well put together it's more like donut um, hole donut county do you mean donut county yeah <laughs> donut which is all about donut holes uh i funnily enough that's on my list to play so I'm, I'm hoping i have nearly as good a time with that as i had with you rain and parade. It's, it's in the same uh, vein ah fantastic By way of illustration, I do just want to relive one level about halfway through the game. Um, This level has multiple objectives. Uh, Those objectives include uh, destroying a bush shelter, which you do by snowing on the road and getting a car to drive into it, Um, blocking all of the chimneys on the houses in the place, uh, and helping an alien find his way home by firing lightning onto an SCP van and then guiding the alien to his spaceship that's hidden somewhere else on the map. Um, I think you also have to like get some kids to fall into a pond or something. And there mm-hmm. was um, some items you had to bury in snow. The game's a lot of fun. I don't really want to talk too much about it because I don't really want to spoil it. I do want to highlight right towards the end, there is an optional level that is basically an entire RPG miniature <sighs> where instead of firing rain drops, you fire... Tiny little swords out of your cloud, and I thought that was fucking adorable. I, it's wonderful. and Now it's not on Game Pass anymore. This is the mm. reason I played it. So it was it was leaving on the 16th of the month. Um, I blasted my way through it on the 13th, 14th, and 15th. Nice. I, I'd say blasted through. It's like a, a three, three and a half, four hour game, depending on how much of the extra content you do. It's on Switch, which I think is the perfect place to play it. It yeah. also has the DLC. When it goes on sale, I will buy and play again.
1: Yeah, because I really recommend buying it on sale because like, I, I I bought it on Game Pass. I played it on Game Pass, I mean, and it's just one of those mm-hmm. games that it's worth paying for if you like it.
0: <laughs> I think so. I, I think it absolutely justifies the money that you would spend on it, and I will have no qualms about buying it and playing it again to get to the DLC when it does come around to sale time. Um, it, it's just a really nice package. It's well put together. I had a smile on my face the whole way through, and. Uh, In and amongst all that, it did actually, you know, try some new things and and stretch itself in a way that you probably could forgive it for not doing, given the format and the the humorous tone and and, and angle. So, lots of fun with that one. Uh, Easy recommendation. It's like on all the platforms. Um, Third game, finished, I suppose, like (laughs) I hit credits. Um, It's Fishing Paradiso, the sequel to Bear Kitchen, or mm-hmm. whatever that one was Bears
1: called. Bear's
0: Cafe, I think? Uh, whatever. I'll get around to it eventually, so we'll bring it back up. Watch this space. Um, it, it, it's a great little time waster. Nice. Pretty inobtrusive in terms of monetization. Um, as it happens, I had like a, a £50 Play Store gift card, so I spent £3 to get rid of the adverts, mm. which I think was reasonable, but even before I did that, like the adverts were really, really chilled out. Um, you could totally play this game for free. It doesn't nickel and dime you at all. Um, you can tell that it wasn't written natively in English because the dialogue is quite stilted. But you're not really there for the dialogue. You're there to like throw some baits out, like a vertical pondant and fish some fish. Like it, it, it's very bare bones, but it gets everything it needs to get right, right. And there is a satisfying loop to like that little Skinner box thing of getting your fishing rod to have a bit more tension so you can catch more fish so you can afford better bait so you can catch more fish so you and so on and so forth um i i wouldn't necessarily outright recommend it but like if you're looking for a time waster on your phone like it's pretty good um and then two big co-op completions first of which is risk of rain 2 we did it boys we finally got a normal completion um and the run-up to this was fucking painful so um for those of you who've missed previous episodes or or not retained it, I wouldn't blame you. Um we have, and by we I mean me, and I believe the run was with friends of the podcast, Matt and Avatage. Um Mm. we did complete the game on easy. Nice. Uh, I think it was their first run I was like, let's ease you in. And we we saw credits, like we did the whole thing. Uh that was a couple of months ago. So having you know dipped in and out of the game since then played on normal tried different characters, got my ass handed to me in various different ways and configurations with various different team members, including my two wonderful co-hosts at various different points. Um, I'd kind of forgotten how the end game goes. So past week or so, mostly playing with my brother and then occasionally other people sort of tagged in with us, uh, we had hit the end game twice and fallen twice. Uh, the way the end game works, you play five regular stages and assuming you don't loop things back round, You go to a final stage, you do some work, you go to a final boss. And then when you beat the final boss, there is a Metroid Prime-esque mad dash to the exit before the whole planet explodes and your run fails with it. So the first time on normal that I defeated the final boss, I forgot that the little floating things were portals and not like a dash thing. I was like, what's that three minute timer for? Oh, God. took me about a minute to work out that I was supposed to run at the things, not shoot at them. I was like, why am I not doing any damage? Yeah, I didn't make it. Mm. No, 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 that's not true. I made it, but I didn't have the time to, like, get the thing done. You need to get done to get off the planet. Gotcha. Second time, uh, my guy did not have any kind of mobility spec. So I got out of the teleport, went the wrong direction when I landed, and immediately fell off the map. (laughs) Oh, no. Nice. Got back on the map in my rush, pressed the wrong direction, immediately fell off the map again and then just didn't have the time to get to the ship. So when we got ready for our next run, I said to my brother, you see any hoppo feathers, which gives you an extra jump or wax quails, which give you like a forward dash thing when you're sprinting. You better believe I'm fucking having those because I'm not going to do this a third time. I'm not going to beat the boss and not make it. Um, So I beat the boss and I made it with like a minute to spare this time. And I was very, very happy. Uh, so we have now moved on to playing the expansion content which i'm going to talk about when we get to what we're playing um the expansion is great but I'll, I'll talk about that more then. um and my final completion was uh the co-op game kiwi i think it ended at the perfect time i the last few levels it was starting to be like okay i've seen this before i get how this works mm. still easy recommendation for a co-op game we had an absolute hoot with this uh, the amount of just silly you know little co-op things like there's a, a a mini game you do where you're writing out telegrams but the letters change position on the map as time goes on um and my girlfriend who i was playing it with uh was like oh where's the d where's the d She literally fucking sat on the d and you know just stupid things like that like you're on it press it and you end up just having a laugh about it and This game is really well built to create those moments of play. Um, Definitely areas of jank. Definitely a little bit thin in terms of content, but it's a budget release. We paid 15 pounds for it, which is like when you equivalence it out, it's like 20, $25 Um, American, maybe 30 Canadian, something like that. I, I think for the price, it's really, really reasonable. You'll probably get it on sale for less if you time it right. Um, there are no significant problems. It does a good job on the whole, all around. Uh, there are a reasonable suite of cosmetic options as well. So you can get your Kiwis doing all kinds of silly stuff. Um, it's just a good time. I I think it's an easy recommendation, and that's always nice. It's I think with a lot of co-op games, there's always a bit of a caveat. It takes two. You know, you've got that camera control thing that can be a little bit awkward, Um What's the other difference in my mind? Overcooked can be a bit bloody intense. Like I feel (laughs) like with most co-op games, that there's always something where it's like. "Mm," I feel no such reservations about Kiwi. I think I think you can play this with just about anyone, and I think it's really really well set up for that. Um. Yeah, I would also say, um, wasn't my playthrough, but I got her to play a short hike, and she loved it. And I just want the opportunity to remind everyone that a short hike is a beautiful piece of content beautiful art yeah. piece uh, and you should absolutely go and play it on switch or ps4 or pc or is it on xbox i hope so wherever you can play it probably play it. maybe um i'll tell you what i know is on xbox because uh mm. your boy alex retired it elden ring uh-huh. oh that comment section sort oh it. my lord
1: let's hold on a second uh um, oh. first off thanks Let for your listening to our out, people <laughs> well i've got two i'm gonna call these technical retirements because I think that in my brain, I do this thing where I'm always like, I didn't retire it. I'll play it again. But then I'm never sure if I will. And the thing is like Elden Ring, to give some context too though, like I'm away from my Xbox for two weeks. So this is a hope that I'm going to return to it when I get back. But I also think this might be a good opportunity for me to go tackle a few other games on my Series X when I get back before tackling this behemoth of a many, 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 many hours long game. Um, and I'm at a point right now, which I think is like a good point to pick back up on. So I think I'm going to retire it for the time being um, because I kind of want to have like I sort of want to have more time to delve into it and to give some context, I'm actually going to be for, for the rest of this year. There's actually going to be a five month period where I'm like traveling between different uh, places. Yeah. For, my partner has to do the, a bunch of residencies um, in different. Yeah. Yeah. In different Sorry, cities. And so,
0: I, I say that as though the audience doesn't need to hear that as you were. <laughs> That's
1: fair. Um, so <laughs> like, and that'll start in July actually. So um what I don't want to do right now is, like, get back, start playing it, get really, really, really far in, and then have to stop when it's, like, insanely difficult. And I'm at a point right now where I feel like if I come back, I can actually pick it up and be fine again because it's not, I'm not, like, that far in, you know? So I'm, like, I think we're going to retire it for now uh, and, like, maybe play something that's a little shorter so that I don't get stuck. And like, this might be, I think, I think this is going to be for me a game that I play like in the fall or like Christmas time or some shit, you know? And I've got like a real dedicated time. Um, it's super good though. People should play it. And then Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask. Oh, fucking hell. Because I've been what playing it. There? Okay. I just don't think I could ever finish this game. You know, what's crazy. I brought my Game controller with me, with the adapter. So I am going to try. I'm going to try. But for some reason, like this game, whenever I play it, I start off strong and then I get to like the Goron stuff and I just don't give a shit after. (laughs) Like the old Zelda games just, man, those first two 3D ones, they're, ah, there's just so much better out there now that it's rough to get back into them, you know? And I really think they just, they just don't hold up unless you have nostalgia for them, you know? They just don't. I, I'm sorry. (laughs) People can come at me, but I, you know, like, I don't know what it is. They just, they really don't hold up. But neither of you have beaten this one, right?
2: I've beaten Majora's Mask, like, two times. Okay, you've
1: beaten Majora's Mask two times. Okay, okay. It's Ocarina of Time. That's the one, right? That none of us, uh... Oh, I beat it once when I was a child. I beat it it. three times. Three times? Mm -hmm. Jesus Christ, Paola. Okay, so you're the one who's beaten them. It's Rick and I, then. We're the ones who are like, can't do these ones.
0: (laughs) Tried three or four times, failed three or four times. Retired three or four times. I should
1: don't say. know what it is. I just can't do it. I'm gonna try. I want to, but fuck, man, I don't know what it is about this game. Controls are weird too. Blech. <laughs> weird. Tried it on the 3DS. I've tried it on the original N64. I'm trying it now with the upreds texture packs. Someday I'll beat it. Who knows when? Um, anyway, that, that's all I had for retirement. It's Like literally, it wasn't much here. You know, it was just a couple little games that like I'm I'm and, and I'm going to call them, you know, like the, uh, the hopeful retirements where it's like, um, where I'm like, yeah, I really hope that one day I beat this game. Um, but today is not that day. Um, AKA
0: the uh, in denial retirements. Yes.
1: Yes. The denial retirements. But I got so many games yep. I want to play, man. I just bought Yakuza from for my PC. I won't play it while I'm here.
0: <laughs> oh, loud. <laughs>
1: um, all right. Well, let's move on then to what we are playing uh paula i feel like we haven't heard from you in a bit what are you playing
2: well i've been playing a bunch of different stuff some of it cup, some of it um half of it no oh, a some third of it, of it, it co-op? is yeah. like cup. <laughs> like one another third of it is like just playing by myself and another third of it is like okay this is the thing we play with my boyfriend like on call and every, each one is like is like doing their own thing. So first of all, I'm gonna go with the cup stuff. That is risk of frame two, and I'm still salty because we almost made it, Rick. We almost mm-hmm. made
1: it. Oh yeah.
2: Yep, yeah, but it, it was, was not too yeah, bad for yeah, sorry,
0: me. I think was it was it the run where I went straight through the teleport and.
3: Where you fell twice. Map. Yeah. Yeah. Ah,
0: it was so painful. That was
2: painful. Oh, my God. I'm so sad I wasn't alive <laughs> at the time. <laughs> like, to even, like, help or anything.
0: Also, shout um, out to my poor brother. We we spawned into the map, and Paula immediately <laughs> went, help. We're surrounded by four Lemurians. Died. And he just went, Paula. when you I'm come gonna back next time, <laughs> I'm going to babysit you. Don't leave my ties. <laughs>
2: You know what, it was funny because like two minutes into the next map I already was lost uh, and trying to defend myself uh, from everything and everyone and everything yeah for pretty much everything and I was like where are you don't leave me alone I'm squishy (laughs) as hell I don't have any
1: items. I remember, because this is the one that we all played, right? Because I remember I was like, uh, okay. I was very good with MLT. I like that guy. That guy's good shit, man. He's yeah, very
3: rebellious.
1: I, like I feel like we're all getting better. I mean, that was also positive first go, but I feel like we're all getting much better at the game. Um,
0: well, it, It's worth saying it. Like, I've got 50 odd hours in this game now. Like, I've owned mm-hmm. it and played it on and off since early access. One of the rare exceptions mm-hmm. I made to my no early access rule um my brother had gotten obsessed with the game since he got it a couple of months ago like you guys have done very well for being green
1: Yay.
0: yeah we're new to this yet., <laughs> mm. um, i'm enjoying it yeah. a lot
1: though i'm probably gonna get the expansion at some point because it did seem fun um yes, yes, you should Same.
2: i'm yeah. still enjoying it like a lot more than i thought i would because i don't usually do like shooter multiplayer stuff but this was good
3: mm.
1: And yeah, it's, that's, the fact that there's so Oh, sorry. There's so much variation, too, right? That makes it nice. Anyway, go
2: mm-hmm. ahead. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, anyway, that's, that's it for Risk of Rain 2. Um, the other multiplayer game I'm playing is The Wild Eight. I, I already said is like a survival game where you're dropped. The, the plane crashed in the middle of nowhere, and you have to survive. And it is cold as shit, so if you are not near a campfire, you will die of... you will die frozen and alone. If you are like... if you don't eat, you will die of starvation and also you can be uh, mauled by wolves. So fun times. Um. So we've made a little bit more progress with my boyfriend on this one and we discovered if you die, You don't lose a lot of progress you just have to like go back to you you start back at the beginning but if you find wherever the 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 other players are you you just set up camp again and it's like nothing happened which is a lot better than what early access was because in early access if you died you have to rebuild everything again and you have to level up from the ground up, so that little change w- made the game a lot better, not having that. Oh, um, The the two games that I'm playing like on Call with my boyfriend are unique. We've made some progress on the game. The uh, There's nothing else like to add at this point besides the game is still adorable. The, the, the game is still a lot of fun. And read that fucking manual, please make yourself, af- do yourself a favor and read the fucking manual and <laughs> Jurassic World Evolution. Um, here we're like making our own parks and trying to get to, and trying to do a challenge run where I get to five stars in my park, uh, before everything goes to shit. And by that, I mean, um stuff happens and your dinosaurs escape your enclosures and you can no longer control them. And if you go like for three, if, if your dinosaurs escape and they start like actively hurting the guest, you actually can get into a point where you start losing money. And if you lose money like for, I think it's like three minutes consecutively, then it's like you lose the game. If you get to the five stars on your run, and I I assume you have to stay there like for a certain amount of time. I haven't gotten there. Well, then uh, you win the game. And right now I'm at my second attempt. The first one was like, okay, I don't really like how this park is going, so I'm going to scrap it. And I tried to release my carnivores, but they were, like, happy on their cages, so nothing happened. Like, my velociraptors, like, were like, no, I'm just chilling here. I don't want to go (laughs) eat people. I'm like, oh, fuck you. I'm gonna just redo this game. So I restarted the game. And, of course, this time the velociraptors, like, run away because, silly me, I forgot to um, electrify the fences, So... They were like, hey, we're kind of like trapped, but not really. So let's cause some chaos. Because that's what Velociraptors do, apparently. And I'm currently at almost three stars, thinks, Yeah, almost three stars. So hopefully by the end of next week, or like in a couple of weeks, I will have the five-star park and finish the game. But until then, I'll just keep on um, on rebuilding this park and having like a tons of dinosaurs and hopefully they don't eat my guests. Hopefully. Though there are like weird combinations that get along very, like very well. Like you don't want to have, let's say, uh, is it triceratops? Triceratops. Um, you don't want to have like too many dinosaurs where your triceratops are or you don't want to have like more of two of those at the same time because they get mad like they don't like all the dinosaurs in them like on the other hand you have like stegosaurus i think are the ones that need like to have like five of their bodies to be happy otherwise well I hope you electrified those fences because they're going to run the fuck away. These are very, these dinosaurs are very finicky. Like, okay, if you have your enclosure and it doesn't have enough trees, hope, like, those dinosaurs that usually, like, live more, like, in the forest areas will get mud and escape. If you don't have enough um, swamp areas for that one dinosaur that is fish, well, that, he is going to get mad and escape. Oh, but, and if you have, I think it was like the Dilophosaurus or something like that with Velociraptors. Oh, no, those don't get along like adults. You're going to have like constant fighting. But hey, that same dinosaur with that huge ass um, carnivore over there, their bodies, they get along. They, they... They don't really, like, care about sharing space with each other. So I'm like, these guys are very finicky. Like, and and you have to, like, discover a lot of stuff, like, which dinosaurs kind of, like, get along with each other and don't eat each other hmm. by trial and error. So that's a lot of fun. Um. So, yeah, enough about dinosaurs. Um, I've been playing a little bit of the Curl king and the great hero. I haven't made like a lot of progress on this one, but just enough to say that I played it. It's still cute. I like the. I still like the overall story of the game, and I have another partner with me right now on on the game, like um. On my on my party. And the thing is that your partners kind of like rotate because for the first part of the game I was alone. Then for the second part of the game I have this um fox slash kitsune thing following following me around until I help him. And now I have this I'm gonna say bad thing, but I think you can only have like one other character in your party at the time, correct me if I'm wrong but at the very least it keeps things fresh so I still like the fox better because uh, it could hit like a uh, a number of enemies like in a line with no problem. And finally, um, I'm playing variable barricade. On the Nintendo Switch. I I think I didn't play like for a couple of weeks or I was like very making very slow that is not an issue anymore because I'm um, finally to the point where I'm still on the common route. I'm still in common route hell and oh my god the common route on this game is long hmm. um, because you have to kind of like I don't say you have to spend time with each of the suitors before you choose a route and I don't and I'm still not sure how you choose a route but at the very least you have to um go through these little boards as I said the game is divided on boards you have like the common board you have the level one two and three board for each character and I think you have there's like a drawing that isn't related to any of the characters but don't quote me on that yet and between the chapters you can actually receive messages on your phone which some of them will probably like have an impact on the story and then you have and this is new from last time um, the main character Hibari is given, uh, these pet robot rabbit called Ravi, which, um, can record footage from, uh, other parts of the house and then brings back a video. So within words, Ravi usually brings back a video and you can see like what shenanigans are the, uh, the is up to while Kibari is gone. And oh my God, like these characters are so like balls to the wall, ridiculous at times, Um, but their dynamic is still like pretty cool to watch. So it is pretty refreshing to have, like to get to see other characters when the protagonist isn't around. Because when Hibari is around, they are usually like trying to get their care attention. I guess like really tiring. So having these little intermissions, so to speak, makes the game a lot more fun. And, and you get to know like things you wouldn't know otherwise from these characters. Um, so yeah, I've been having a good time with this one. I... Th- Think this this one is a very hefty atomic game, like um, eleven or twelve hours in. I'm still in Common Route Hill, and by this time, like for example, could realize playing a full route from beginning to end will take you thirteen hours. So I think this one will end up like around the fifty to seven to sixty hour mark, and I'm looking forward to it. So yeah that's what i've been playing um rick you (laughs) want to
0: yeah i was was gonna say i'll I'll... get away (laughs) hefty boy um i'm gonna jump in (laughs) yeah i think because uh we'll we'll try and break up alex as best we can given he's dominated the retirements in the sense that he was the only one who had some um (laughs) to be fair everything i'm playing is more or less what i've always been playing um albeit with some changes on all of them so um firstly i do want to go back to risk of rain 2 and touch on the expansion content so um, the first dlc expansion is called survivors of the void um, and as well as two new characters uh, it adds um some new locales um new enemy types new items uh, an alternate ending to the game um there is also a really interesting concept around the void side of things so Um, In particular, there are what can be called voided items. they are inversions on typical items you get. So, for example, uh, there's an item in the base game called the Lensmaker's Glasses. Um, Gives you a plus 10 crit chance. If you find a voided Lensmaker's Glasses equivalent, I forget exactly what it's called. um, It gives you a 0.5% chance to kill um, any non-elite enemy on hit. But every lensmaker's glasses you have becomes that type of item, um, so you lose your plus ten percent crits. It's like a one or the other kind of thing. Um, so they come in slightly different chests, makes you think again in another way about what items you're building, how you're specking your character. Um, and speaking of characters, there's one of the two new characters who unlocks immediately, um, specific to void runs. Um, she is the railgunner. Her focus is big single target damage particularly on weak points uh she is very very vulnerable to like more than three or four enemies at a time um so a lot of it is about sort of keeping range and maintaining distance i don't know how i'd feel about playing her in a solo run but um in the couple of games i've played with her as part of like parties oh boy she's powerful and she's a lot of fun to play and it's really just expanded again what is already a really versatile and fluid and um varied gameplay experience so big fan of that um the base game is still fantastic it doesn't diminish that in any way if you like the base game i can't recommend the dlc highly enough it really does change a lot um and it, i think it's a pretty fair asking price i think it's like another 10 11 12 pounds on top of the base game which is like 20 so you know all told fair couple round. i think um I've also put lots and lots of time into Astral Chain for Switch, which I think I am quite close to completing. I have such mixed feelings on this game. Like, I really, really like it, but it's that, that typical 8 out of 10 that really, really could have been a 10. Um, it's a game that kind of lacks focus and has a really inconsistent level of polish. So in terms of production value, sky high. The game is wonderfully well put together. Uh, And the combat itself, lots and lots of fun. I've never played anything quite like it. For those of you who are listening and aren't familiar, um, the combat is built around um, fighting with a single character in like a character action um, type of thing alongside um, a partially autonomous teammate called a Legion. Uh, The Legion, uh, and you can swap between five on the fly, um, is bound to you by a chain, the titular Astral Chain, uh, it unlocks a lot of different combat options, whether that is uh, wrapping an enemy up with your teammate to bind them um, or like dragging a tripwire out to catch them. Um, there's certain moves where you can let them off the leash, as it were. Um, and actually, mechanically, it's handled quite well. So you have free control of your camera ordinarily, um, but by holding the Legion button, which on the control scheme I'm using is set to left trigger. Um, the right stick then becomes the Legion's movement. A little bit like a Brothers, a Tale of Two Sons kind of setup, as long as you have that button active. Works flawlessly, works seamlessly. Um, Auto camera kicks in there and does a really, really stellar job of, of keeping everything sensible for the time that you're doing it. Um, I, it's a point where it could have really gone wrong, and they absolutely nailed that by contrast some of the platforming particularly in like the redshift zones is atrocious like dog shit bad and you you take damage when you do those falls and it really like i don't think it's ever been at a point where it's ruined a run for me but it absolutely has frustrated the hell out of me um and there's a few like little things that do niggle in areas like that um the other thing is it's just a, a lack of focus. So the game is kind of semi-open world. At the start of each file, um, you start out at police headquarters. Um, you have access to a training room, various upgrade facilities, um, save options. But then there's also this really fucking superfluous like legati- Legion maintenance thing where if either of you guys have played Custom Robo Arena before, It's like a really pared-down version of that where you have to, like, clear the corruption off your Legion teammate. It involves aiming a cursor at them for 10 seconds on holding RT. It's just pointless. But if you forget to do it, like, your performance in the field is severely, like, affected because they're, like, not clean. Um, In these semi-open worlds, like, yeah, you can just rush straight to the end zone, but there's all kinds of, like, little side missiony things you can do and i totally get what they were going for because the variety in some instances does add a lot to it there's random little side battles you can do there's detective things that you can partake in uh there's extra like red gate combat challenges you can do but then you're also like walking around this like little open worldy section um using the the switch joy cons or or the switch accelerometer if you're on a light like i am to balance a fucking ice cream cone because it's an open world game and a girl dropped her ice cream and apparently that means you the protagonist are solely responsible for buying a new ice cream and once you're in it like you've clicked on it you feel like you have to do it and there's so many little just fluff distractions i played about 15 hours of the game i at least three or four of those have just been pointless busy work Um, And I'm kind of at the point now where like, I'm approaching the end game. I'm kind of avoiding as much of it as I can and just dashing through. The other thing that I think I mentioned before is that there are um, some things in the earlier levels where you absolutely need later level characters to do them. And in an open world where you can just come back, I get it. That's fine. But I'm not replaying a two hour mission just to like... Get this little unlockable with a different character, and I actually find it quite galling that it's flagged in such a way because it's kind of obvious that they're they're like angling for you to go back and do it again. And it, the game doesn't need that extended length because I feel like there's there's more than enough content there. There is absolutely enough to justify what it wants to do and do it and do it well. So I end up in this real sticky situation because the the actual game itself, like the combat, um, the story the visuals the setting like the world is so interesting and novel in in all of the elements that it brings together on paper there's a lot to love and when it all comes together and when it works i absolutely do love the game but i feel like there's a lot of little silly things just sat in the way of me truly enjoying it unconditionally of it reaching its full potential and that is kind of frustrating um i expect i'll probably repeat those same points next week when i've got it finished because I, I do expect to have it finished essentially by the end of the week at the time of recording um i am quite close at this point um and as, as a switch exclusive i do think it's absolutely worth checking out particularly if it's if it's a little bit cheaper now um i'm borrowing my copy so i'm not sure exactly price wise but yet yeah, i want to be able to give it so much more praise. And so much less conditional praise than I ultimately can. Um still think it's worth checking out. Lots of little things just to be mindful of if you do. Um harder recommendation, although I am still having a really good time with it, is The Witcher. Um I'm in chapter three or five now. I've I've reached the trade quarter of Vizima. It it's old and it's janky. <laughs> and it, it, yeah. I love I I'm enjoying the writing. The, the role playing itself, phenomenal. Uh, there's certain things in the game where um, you have to like go and do tasks that make sense. So, like for example, um, in each different area of the world, there are like job boards which has jobs where you like kill X number of Y enemy and harvest Z item from them as like a trophy of the kill, um, or because that's the item that the person who's posted the job needs. In most instances you have to have read up a little bit on that monster to know how to harvest said item. Um, So that involves like certain story-specific things, speaking to certain characters, or sometimes just finding books about them at vendors and reading about them um, so that that drop is unlocked from them when you kill them. I like that. There's, There's a lot of intentionality to certain things, not super conducive to the gameplay itself, particularly, and I think I complained about this last time, when the job scroll takes up a space in your inventory. Which is fucking dumb. Um, and I I haven't checked yet, but I've never dared delete them, just in case once I've read them, I actually need that to fulfill the quest, and then it's stuck in my uh, quest book forever. I, I'm struggling for words. I like it. <laughs> I'm glad I'm playing it. If you ask me, should you play it, I'd say, mm, probably not. But it is, you know, I'm, I'm having a good time with it and I think I am going to finish it. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm past the halfway now point. Halfway point now, I think. So I, I, I kind of feel like I have to. You know, there's nothing egregiously wrong with it. It's just old. Yeah. Um, And it, it, it is not a graceful kind of age. It's a, um, arthritis in the joints kind of age. Um, I just had a... <laughs> Fucking Windows Reboot <laughs> over there. Yeah. I don't know what to tell you. There's, there's nothing to build up there. I just kind of stopped. Um, days Gone, next playing game. I like it the more I play it. I It's growing on me. Um, again, still not massively novel, but what I do quite like, and this might just be my own experience in the genre uh, rather than anything the game particularly is doing really, really well. Um, the sense I get is that the designers have essentially brought the crafting and item scarcity from the last of us into an open world. And it makes the encounters you have much more tense because ammo is absolutely a factor. You can very easily get swarmed by two or three of the freakers, AKA zombies. Um, There are absolutely human ambushes and crowds that will fuck up your day. I was driving down the road and, um, a laser sight started pointing down. There was a sniper in the tree going for me. And I had to hide behind a different tree and like, waste precious pistol bullets, trying to just knock them out. And along with the sniper were three or four people who were clearly running around to like, scavenge whatever like, he hit. And so I'm pop-shotting him in the tree. And as I finally land a hit, someone comes behind me with a machete. And I was there like, ah, I don't have enough bullets help and just about came through that encounter. And there's been a couple of times already where that open world at its best kind of emergent gameplay situation stuff has come in. And the story itself is pretty good as well. Like it, it it's, it's an interesting setup um that feels like it can go places. Uh, the friend who recommended I play it says the story concludes really, really well as well, said it was well worth reaching um <clears throat> the story ending to see how that stuff goes. Um I totally see why it struggled because it is kind of generic and I would not have bothered if it wasn't free on PS Plus. And mm. I had also been strongly recommended to try it by a personal friend whose opinion I value, but I do like it. And it, on a technical level is doing everything. There aren't any real problems. Again, I'm benefiting from coming to it a good year or so late. So all those technical gremlins have disappeared um it, it's a good open world game i don't know that it's going to move the needle for anyone who's not into that genre um i'm not not into that genre and i'm liking it um <clears throat> yeah <laughs> interesting one we're getting there we're nearly at the end uh, bloodstained ritual of the night i still love it there's way too much in this game They've just thrown all the things in there, and I don't think it was the right ball So yeah, the the character and, and Alex, you're nodding because you've played this. You haven't played this, have you, Power? No. So I
2: played like five minutes of it.
0: So you you wouldn't have even got to the half of all the extra stuff that they throw at you. So by contrast, um Symphony of the Night, the Ego Vania's on GBA. Generally, you have. An attack, a backdash, a secondary attack, some traversal options. Bloodstained gives you an attack. Not one, not two, but three different kinds of shard attacks, plus the familiar, which you get very, very early on, by contrast to Symphony of the Night, Um, plus the ability skills. And it's throwing shards at you constantly. So there are five different kinds of shards. There's like a really in-depth crafting system. There's just lots going on. And I think a little bit too much going on. So I'm definitely feeling a little bit overwhelmed. The game itself is solid. Um, You you can tell that Ego just wanted to make Symphony of the Night again, but with a pretty girl as the protagonist and, and so far fair play. It's working. Um, I'm having a great time with it. I haven't, I haven't really played it in any significant stretches. And I think that's the one thing that's telling me this probably doesn't hit quite like the other ones did. Um, when I first played harmony, when I first played Aria, uh, when I first played portrait of Rune and order of Ecclesia, uh, which are my two favorites. And when I first played symphony of the night, I was hooked on those games. I would sit and play them for a couple of hours and the time would just disappear. Now, I'm at a very different stage in my life now, and maybe that's a factor. Um, I'm also playing this on PC, whereas they were all on handheld. I very much suspect that's a factor. Um, and maybe it's a pro on this one, but I find myself with Bloodstained happily jumping in, playing 10-15 minutes, and being like, ah, oh, that was fun, I'll come back to you later. And it it, it, mm-hmm. it just isn't sinking its claws in quite the way that I expect to the best that that genre has to offer hell even blasphemous when i was playing that a few months ago maybe more um for all my issues with that setup I had that same thing i'd comfortably play for a couple of hours and lose the time and i'm not necessarily feeling that with bloodstained yet and i'm just over two hours in so i would kind of expect to be at this point um it feels like it's only just starting to ramp into it so maybe that's still to come um, but it, it feels like to start getting to the actual bit where you feel like you're traversing again and, and doing more and moving around and um, using teleports, discovering new paths and, and starting to really pick away at things it only now is all kind of coming together um, having just beaten my first like big boss and obtained my first like traversal ability which is a very cool like Big stained glass magic hand that can pick up and move things. I'll be honest, this Which game is you?
1: fine. TM like that's. ah
0: oh, okay. I'm,
1: yeah, I I'm real here. Like like everything you talked about, it it has all the spirit of those games without any of like the passion is what it feels like for me. Like a lot of it is just like or the refinement. It's like it is, but is not. It, it feels like one of those things where as I play it, I'm like, yeah, there's all this stuff in it, and there's lots and lots of stuff in it. But at the end of the day, as I played through it, I was just like, this isn't it. It's just not it, you know? And like, I think in particular, it was control things down to me as well. Like it just never felt, it never felt right. Um, and a lot of the systems never felt like they meshed. But anyway, I'll see what, I'll see how you feel as you go along. But I I do think that that feeling of not wanting to like dive through and go further and further is, is something telling within this, um, I, it, I agree with it's you. ultimately I... there's
0: just a sense that something's not quite there and whether it's the passion, you know, maybe I'll settle on the same thing, maybe it's something else, but it, it, there, there is something missing.
2: I wonder how I react to these games since I haven't played any yet.
0: I wonder I mean, as well. Bad
1: Play
2: 12, play 12 minutes
0: first. Play 12 minutes first. And go. then <laughs> we'll loop back around to Bloodstained. But play 12 minutes first.
2: <laughs> right. Oops. <laughs> I almost forget I I said um, I would play that game.
0: I won't forget. We need to we need to hear you play that. Yes, Alex.
1: Did you talk about Mario and Luigi? Yet? <laughs> really-
0: no, no, no. That that's the last one we're getting there. Don't <laughs> worry. Right, let's go.
1: Yeah.
0: I, there, there's not a lot to say on it because I I. Mm-hmm. It's a Mario RPG. It's wonderful. Yeah. I love it. I, I I'm very happy playing with it. I have to say, because I've had like the same games on the docket for like a good few weeks now, like. I'm right before a boss, just shy of the five-hour mark. I made the conscious decision to save it, turn the DS off. Once i finished Astral Chain, I am then going to go back to it. But for now, it's like not retired, but like temporarily paused. Um, Finally started getting some Bros abilities, quite a few of the Bros items. Partners in Time particularly definitely skews easy. Um, I have not felt particularly in danger in the slightest. But it's also a lot of fun. I feel like this is the best one that I've played so far in terms of enemy attack patterns, being fun, being obvious what you're supposed to do with them and why you're supposed to do it and all of that stuff feeling right. Um, And again, cannot reiterate enough, if you have a Rumble pack, that is the way to play it because it it really elevates that experience. It's joyous time. I'm having a great, great time with it. Um, I don't know that there's much of anything I would change except maybe the very generic story and setup (laughs) <laughs> but that's a very minuscule criticism in a Mario RPG. Uh, it's really, really good. Nice. Alex, we're running yes. very, very long. Yes, we gotta so we gotta, we gotta go. To through it. Yes. So
1: I'm uh, I'm gonna go through this pretty quick here because I don't have a lot to say about most of these. So what lies in the multiverse planet? I basically just got past where I was in the demo. Um, so I'm just like on like the second I think it's technically the second chapter. I'm enjoying it again so far. Very happy for those fellas. Basically, I'm playing it because, you know, spoiler, alert, we're gonna have these fellas on again future <laughs> here. So mm. I'm gonna beat this game first. Um playing Legend of Zelda, Wind Waker HD. This is probably why I started to retire Majora's Mask, because the minute I started playing this game, I went, Oh yeah, this is what it's like to play a really good one. Um <laughs> 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 it's so good. And like on the Wii U, it fixes everything from the GameCube. Not that the GameCube had a lot of issues, it's just like you have a right stick that you can move the camera with now you know like it's just one of those things where it's like this game is just fantastic and it's so beautiful like holy hell
0: um gamecube had a c-stick what do you mean had a
1: c-stick but you couldn't it, yeah but the c-stick was well, it's not an analog stick you couldn't like move the camera fluidly around was it not no the you c-stick i
0: never owned a gamecube i thought the c-stick the was c-stick's analog. like
1: a click, click 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 thingy um, it like flicks around a little uh, bit. Yeah, it's not fully analog. It's like directional. Okay. Um. Gross. So you okay, could like. Back. I think on Wind Waker, it's been a long time. Someone can correct me if they have the GameCube one like, kicking around, but I'm pretty sure you could like flick and like maybe slightly move the camera in ways, but I don't think you could freeform move it around. I don't remember being able to do that. Um, because even in the tutorials, it's a lot about talking about like Z targeting and doing that kind of thing to like get your camera and like press this button to get, you know what I mean? So like I have a oh, strong sure. feeling it's just something that you okay. can do now with it. Uh, beautiful game. I'm like halfway through, I think obviously you won't hear anything about this game for two weeks cause it's not with me, <laughs> but, uh, I'll, uh, I'll pick it back up when I get there. Um, uh, just started the hex, another Daniel Mullins game. Uh, I gotta right say, again. um, yeah, I'm enjoying it so far. Not very far into it. Um, but, uh, Holy hell! Inscription is like a goddamn level up for this dude. Like, like the game's fun, like going through it, but like you know, graphically it, it does feel a little flash gamey, you know, like in that sort of sense. Yeah. Inscription is like AAA A quality shit. Like honestly, like I was like, whoa, kind of surprised going through it, but once you know the vibe, great time. Um, and I love this discarded corner of video game universe land thing. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. Um, I've also okay. I've played Piktoey, which is a pick cross game
0: um i bought this i played like two levels and i was like i'm coming back to it later how slow oh my god right (laughs) this game
1: needs to fucking oh my christ and i feel bad because i remember listening to the developer talk on like an igm podcast or something and i was like i'll try out his game this game completely misunderstands what the fuck picross is all about it's like a fundamental misunderstanding because okay first off First off, it has a calendar. It's expecting you to come and play each day. But here's the problem. Picross has a limited number of fucking puzzles you can do. So why would you ask them to come back each day? Also, Mm -hmm. who in their right mind plays one Picross game a day? Picross is for binging, goddammit. (laughs) You don't sit down and play a single Picross game. That is absurd. And then it does this fucking shit where when you beat the game, like beat a, a puzzle, it takes like 30 fucking seconds before you're back to select the next one. It's and like and before then, screen. it loads a
0: fact that you read, which is a nice fact, but then it takes another 10 seconds to load into the next yeah, level. Yeah, but
1: I'm not here to read goddamn facts. <laughs> I'm
0: like. Well, no, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like, We're care. gamers. We don't care about facts. Oh, That's my God. And,
1: like, I was like, uh, I was thinking on the bus, I was like, okay, is the. Like, I was trying to make a justification as to why it does this. And I was like, is this like something like they want you to think so that you'd like stop for a little bit and like go do something else and i'm like if that is frankly give me a, a netflix do you want to keep playing notification once in a while and let me turn that shit off because this is my game damn it i'm allowed to decide if i want to play 300
0: fucking Picross puzzles in a row not you <laughs> like so i was and like i do i do want to run a little bit of defense because the developer atui like they are very accomplished they know better than this right? music uh, chicken wiggle the dimension yeah. games with their former studio um fuck what were they called renegade kid um like they're industry vets they've been around for a while um they, a... they absolutely can and shouldn't and like how long should it possibly
1: in. take for a picross puzzle to finish i mean picross on the switch it's like instant on the on the 3ds it's instant you know what i mean like i'm like yeah. what the hell there's no excuse and mm-hmm. like second off okay i'll give them one thing they let you do the mark so you can mark um yeah. so that's good but here's another issue when you go all the way to the right it won't if you press just bring you to the other side you have to push nope. left to go all the way back to the other side oh, it's just these little things it's these fucking little things that i said that they don't think about make the fucking game and that jupiter does incredibly and i was like just do it just do that shit like Jupiter doesn't have the like, rights to Picross. You know? You're know. you allowed to do some stuff that's similar. It doesn't mean you're completely taking it from them. You're just taking smart puzzle design. Like You still have to make all the puzzles yourself. Ugh, anyway, sorry. I'm very frustrated with this game already, but I love Picross. And so I might retire it because I was like, this is, this is garbage. I'm like, I'm sorry. I come down hard on it.
0: I'm hoping it's patched by the time I come back. That's why I left it and said nothing. It's
1: not getting patched. <laughs> that's just a fucking part of the game.
0: I Unbelievable.
1: Definitely. Unbelievable. So anyway, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. But like, if you're a Picross, um fan, it's like, I asked you to do one thing and do Picross well. And you didn't. <laughs> so anyhow, that's my rant. Um, other game that I'm playing still Triangle Strategy. Oh, oh, my God. Oh, my God. This game is so good. I mm-hmm. I love this game so much. The political intrigue is incredible. Uh, I've heard some complaints that the characters can be a little bit like they don't really get enough to them. But I, I like, I don't know. I think they do. They have little character stories that you get to do stuff with. Um, yeah, the characters are kind of these kind of, like, noble, like, um, you know, like, kings and queens. And so, like, they're kind of very, you know, um, they can be stoic at times. But, like, I actually think it fits his their roles pretty well. And you do get to see, like, a little bit of their personalities otherwise. But I don't know. I think it's from what I've heard. Like, I'm going to play Tactics Ogre, I think, on the Vita afterwards because... Um, Let's
0: clean together, is that?
1: Yeah. Yeah, oh, I
0: didn't play that. Yeah. they cling
1: together or something. Yeah, because it, it sounds like it's from that lineage. And like, I'm loving it. The decisions are fun and interesting. The concepts are fantastic. The story really goes places. I'm almost at the end of this right now. Um, the tactical gameplay is super fun. It does this great thing where like, you know, they tell you your recommended level and it's like, you know, level something and it's usually higher than what you're at. And you can honestly, you can beat them at lower levels, that's totally fine if you do good strategy, but they have these really excellent mental mock battles, which you can do as many times as you want, and which gain experience. And the real cool thing with this is there's no permadeath. And if you die in a battle, you retain all your experience. The only thing that you lose is like, you don't get any of the items that you picked up, and the items you use in the battle just reset which is such Mm. a player friendly thing. So you can really go through and you don't have to quit. So if you're starting to lose, it's like, well, you might as well just lose because now you've got some experience. You understand how the battle works. You'll keep the experience that you've got and you can go through and you can do it better next time. Um, But the mental mock battles are really fun because they start out kind of simple, but then they introduce you these interesting um, scenarios and they're like at certain like recommended levels for them. And so it's a way for you to kind of level up your characters There might be too many characters that you get, like some extra ones, um, but each one you get is really fascinating, and they have really interesting mechanics. I kind of have a stable of characters that I prefer, and I'll be real with you here. Magic users are unreal. Like, the only problem is that they obviously have to wait a little bit to get what's called like TP to use their spells, but once they have that, their spells are devastating. Like, they're... And they're not even that fragile, honestly. Like, sometimes they'd be like, you know, like glass cannons kind of thing. But not really. Like, they can take a couple hits. Um, So, yeah, you sort of have to defend them. But the reality, too, is their range. So, like, there's a number of maps where I was just, like, up on something. And I just, like, blocked people from getting up there. And was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, like, blasting people with magic. (laughs) Um, But this game is phenomenal. It's phenomenal. It's like, uh, you know what? I think it's the best tactical RPG on the Switch. I love Fire Emblem Three Houses. I love this game way more. It is just very fun. And like the story is much better, I think. And uh, it's just, I just, I love this shit. It's just, it's such classic tactical gameplay. And um, yeah, if you love the Fire Emblem series, I would actually say that this is more of like a spiritual sequel to like Final Fantasy Tactics, I guess. Like if you're a Tactics fan, it's probably more in that range. But uh, it's super good. It's super good. Not the hardest out there. Not simple. But um, very fun, very accessible. And I hope they make more in this vein because 2 mm, DHD is the way to go. Um, mm-hmm. And I recommend it to both of you because I think you'll both love this game. It's very good.
2: And not that long. I I want to it's get to, yeah. I want to get to, to Triangle start, the, like, eventually, but... Yes. Yep.
1: There's no rush. There's no rush.
2: (laughs) And there's a backlog.
1: (laughs) Yeah, there's a backlog of money. This is one of those games that it's going to hold up for just forever. So, like, it's one of those things where I'm like, there's no rush on this. Like, it's a game where, like, honestly, years down the road, this will still be just, I cannot see a way that this will become dated because it has such user-friendly mechanics. And, like, it's quick, fast-paced. Um, And that's the thing too, the battles are fast. It's not like really, it's not very slow. Even the animations are pretty quick. I'd say they're cool and beautiful, but they don't take forever to be like, and because it's seamless, like you just click and it just happens on the map. It's just really wonderful. Um, And there's lots of good synergies with like the different um, characters that you have and stuff. Okay. That's enough um, because we (laughs) have taken so long. There's no topics this week um, because uh, we just went for an hour and 55 minutes. So, Let's get ready oh for... How Long to Beat the Game with a new our new format. Um,
0: I love how you corrected yourself just to take out all the expletives that I put on in the show notes. <laughs> did
1: you put on a bunch? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't even look at that right. Yeah, the new format, baby. So anyway, uh, Paola is the one who's going to be doing this today. She's going to select the game. Um, Rick and I will send our guesses uh to her and she'll also choose a bonus round that could be anything and uh, we'll see the standings at the moment rick is at eight i'm at five and pal is at three and a reminder of what we're going to be doing with this so we've completed one full round we're going to do two more full rounds uh and at the end of that um or maybe only one more we'll see how far we get at the end of that whoever has the most points is the winner and they're going to get to decide a themed month for us of some games that we'll so Paola,
0: so what can you do? So maybe yeah. late this year if Paula can get it. <laughs>
2: we have Final Fantasy VIII.
3: Oh! Ooh. FF8. Hmm. I
1: was looking at this game the other
0: day. Uh. <laughs> should, should we do the um the main, main plus hundred percent first and then we'll do the bonus? Or do you want to do yeah. the bonus all at the same time, Paula?
2: Um let's do the uh, my main plus and completion is first, okay. and so I have time to think about the bonus round. Hmm. Mm.
3: Mm. Hmm. Actually,
2: the bonus round, I know what it's gonna be.
0: Um,
2: how many people have beaten the game?
0: Oh, god. Oh, that's good.
1: <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot. Uh okay, let's see here. I think I've got I think I've got a couple answers. Um
0: I've sent my main times in. Like I feel like PS1RPGs of that vein are pretty pretty consistent. But fuck, how many total completions? That is a doozy pal of fair play. <laughs>
3: uh...
1: <laughs> okay beaten. I'm going to go with Oh, but I don't know. Okay, I got it. I got it. I got some ideas for this one.
2: So um, Well, you guys... No, I'm gonna I'm gonna wait for for the number of completions first before. Oh, I you... sent
0: that, I've
1: send okay, that okay, one okay, in. Okay. I sent that in as well. Yeah, yeah.
2: Okay, so for uh main story, mm-hmm. Alex said forty hours and Rick mm-hmm. said thirty four hours, mm-hmm. and the answer
1: is
2: forty hours. So ah. points to Alex. yeah. Make okay. plus extras, he both said fifty-five hours. Okay. And the answer is fifty-five hours.
0: I mean, we both oh. get the points anyway there if we it's go. A tie break. Yeah. Yeah. Points, points.
2: For a hundred, yeah, for a hundred percent, it is eighty-eight hours for Rick. Eighty-five hours for Alex, and the right answer is forty-one hours and a half. Oh, Wait, forty-one for... hours eighty-eight. I'm stupid. Sorry. I don't know how to numbers. So. Wait, Rick sorry. How many hours 88... was it? Okay, okay, okay. Rick said 88 hours for 100%. Okay. Alex said 85 hours for 100%. Okay. And the answer is 81 hours and a half, not 41 hours and a half.
3: Nice. Hours.
0: Well, either way, Alex gets that point, right? Okay. okay. Yeah. Whew. All right. Let's see the number of beans.
1: <laughs> I made a big guess here. No. So,
2: Rick said, number of com- number of completions, 3,000. And Alex said, 4,000. Mm-hmm. And the answer is two point eight.
1: <gasps> wow, Salsan.
0: nice. Okay. I thought I'd, I'd under hit. I was certain you had that. So, that because the yeah. bonus round is two points, that's three points a piece.
1: 3 points. But, oh yeah, it's 2 points, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, hold on.
0: Cuz we yeah, I, and yeah. it was 3-1 on the other one cuz we tied on the main plus. Yeah. So that means that cool, I have 8 mama. now
1: and you've got 11 and then Palo's at 3 still. Yeah, obviously cuz you get to play.
2: Dang, that's close. That the amount
1: beaten, that's a good one. Yeah, cuz um I'm curious actually what 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 was the amount beaten for Final Fantasy 7 cuz I feel like um I'm cuz I feel like 8 was a lot less um sorry I feel like no 9
0: would have been bearing. a lot more again as well. I think that that's always the thing that throws those off. Like 8 was a bit of a weird unpopular one. Yes, I mean 9 thousand three point one 3.1 and seven. then 7
1: 5.9 yeah.
0: I do you know what I assumed that was going to be so much higher.
1: Me too actually. I thought that would be higher than that. But you know I, I mean obviously it's obviously the amount of is higher but on how long to be, you know. That that shows the uh um the amount who've, who've logged it in on here has beaten it.
0: Well, that was a good one. Sure. Um, Do you know what? Interesting thing. Yeah. Remake 5.7 thousand. Interesting. So actually shockingly close in much, much shorter time.
3: Yeah. Uh, speaking that... of
0: shorter time and short of time, I think that really, that really yeah. <laughs> was
1: yeah that that that's that's it we're another two hour one here well that's our catch-up because like like rick kind of mentioned you know we actually it's actually been like almost two or three weeks since we last recorded an episode um because we dropped a few and we had so much busy stuff but we're back on our reg uh recording we had to the,
0: the second number episode we had to like mentally address that yeah
1: <laughs> so people are like why are the, oh my god they beat so much like no we didn't just beat these in a week <laughs> um anyway that's it for this week we'll see y'all in